Hey guys, this is Christopher Sean, aka Kazuriziono, and you are listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is our review of Star Wars Resistance. Season 2, Episode 10, Kaz's Curse. Uh, it has been a while since I've done Resistance reviews. Um, a lot of uh, personal things have happened uh, that delayed reviewing them when these episodes first aired. Uh, back in late 2019, early 2020, to finish out the seat of the series. And I thought, I've got to go back and review these and finish out uh, the series that was so near and dear to my heart and to my kids and just provide closure for episodes admittedly haven't watched in a while. Um, so... Uh, for those of you who are maybe discovering the series for the first time on Disney Plus, um, you know, enjoy the ride as we finish this out. Um, so, I'll, uh, if you just happen to notice this uh, as your first exposure to my uh, Resistance reviews, all the previous ones are on uh, the Radio Dakar channel. I'll list the podcast platforms at the end of the show. Uh, but yes, uh, we'll, over the next few weeks, we'll finish out the season and the series. Um, I've actually already done this, the series review, uh, with my guest, Jonah Marie Macias. That was early 2020. If you need to go back and listen to that as well. Uh, but it's, it's great to be back watching these uh, episodes again. I haven't watched them in some of them in a while. Um, but it's just great to see the characters that we grew to love over, um, over the couple of years that the series was on. I will say, um, obviously it's a spoiler review for the particular episode. So I'll be talking about Kaz's curse, assuming you've seen it. I will not spoil anything yet to come, even though I've seen the, 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 in the entire series. I'll just assume that maybe I've got some first-time listeners on here and first-time viewers of the series, so I will not give away what happens um, in ensuing episodes. Uh, so you don't have to worry about being spoiled forward. Uh, we'll just stick to what we saw uh, in this episode. Uh, so this one was written by uh, Eugene Son and directed by Brad Rao. And... Whereas the, you know, so far in the season, we've had a lot of um, escapes from the First Order as the, the Colossus is now in, in flight looking for the Resistance base. So, it, admittedly, there was some repetition with uh, the encounters with the First Order and having to escape from them uh, in the, those episodes. 
So whereas last episode we had uh, the Vox Vortex 5000 and um, kind of the side mission at uh, Branky's uh, Casino um, uh, to get some extra funds for the Colossus there. Uh, you know, this one involves um, something different too. The Guavian Death Gang comes back. Of course, we first saw them in The Force Awakens when they, you know, were going to collect from Han and Chewie. Um, we also saw them in the first season of this of the show um, when uh, Jarek Eager's brother, uh, Marcus Beatstar, was on the Colossus. Uh, they were collecting some debts from him. You know, so we've gotten hints of, you know, how they operate, but, um, you know, how, how deadly they can be, but... Um, you know, this episode takes it even further, shows how capable are uh, they are in uh, space. And, um, you know, with the Colossus being on the run uh, the entire season, it's, it's fun to start out at um, Aunt Z's, um, you know, where they're uh, playing Star Wars version of craps. Um, and, of course, they have the video games going on as well, the, just the fun laid back part of uh, Aunt Z's. And, uh, you know, we got Kaz and Niku, but it was neat to have Sonara there too. Um, because, you know, she's still keeping the pirates in check. Um, you know, kind of the peacekeeper between the two. Um, what may come of that, we'll see. Um, but, but, you know, I liked Sonara's inclusion here. Um, now I do have to say it was great to see um, Steve Bloom or hear him back on Resistance. Uh, in this case, he was playing Leoz, uh, the Nick Two who uh, the Nick Toe who um, curses Kaz. And Steve Bloom, uh, as Star Wars fans know, was most famously Zeb on Star Wars Rebels, and. Um, uh, my son, Little Han, and I uh, had the pleasure to meet him, along with uh, some other cast members, in the summer of 2019. Hard to believe it's been a year and a half now, as of this recording. Uh, but Steve's a great guy. Uh, he was a pleasure to uh, to talk to. Um, very gracious to Little Han, gave him a couple of autographs. Um, uh, you know, besides Zeb... He was also the voice of the First Order Stormtrooper from the first season who um, that cast, uh, you know, stole his uniform so he could sneak around and then eventually got um, brain scraped, as they called it. And, we, you know, this episode hadn't aired by the time we met um, Steve, so, you know, only could talk about his role as a Stormtrooper. We didn't yet know he was going to play Leoz. And so that, that was a real treat uh, to have him back in a little more prominent role in the show. And um, also I liked having Greville. Um, I cannot remember what species he is, but... Um, oh, uh, oh, who was it in the Padres Rats Tyrell? The one who wrecked and exploded in the cavern. But, I mean, he was one of Kaz's antagonists from the 
beginning of the series. So um, I was always happy to have him around still. Um, so, you know, the, the whole plot involves uh, they get annoyed at Kaz for <laughs> being good at craps and uh, Leoz curses him. And you know, it makes sense with pirates that they would, um, you know, do superstitious things like that. I mean, look at Pirates of the Caribbean and, uh, you know, other other legends. Uh, you know, and of course, Niku would be the one to believe in the curse, uh, considering how literal he takes things. Um, you know, sometimes Niku can... Uh, be a little extreme with his reactions to things, but it, you know, it, it fit well here. Uh, of course he's going to be worried about the curse and every little thing like the lights flickering. And, well, you know, being concerned for cats. Um, you know, the, then hygiene starts to ensue on the promenade. Um, but we, uh, notable for this episode, we also get Mika gray back. Um, the relic hunter um, from a couple of couple of episodes back, and she's kind of found her niche on the the Colossus as a fortune teller out on the promenade. Um, you know, so that was fun. Uh, you know, she, especially later in the episode, kind of a balance of you know using what knowledge and artifacts she's obtained through you know the actual sith relic hunting that she's done and um I mean, she even calls the pirates a superstitious lot so for her to uh, take advantage of uh, the superstition and the kind of the easy mindedness um, <clears throat> you know allows her to have a nice little thing going on the ship So whether it was the curse or not, I did like um, when Kaz wipes out because Opeepit had uh, just buffed the floor. Um, yeah, we love Opeepit. Uh, you know, it's, it's great he's got his floor buffer back. Um, you know, I wish his, the return of it had a little bit, been a little more grand um, after uh, the episode where he got it back. But, <clears throat> you know, he's back doing what he loves and uh, yeah for Kaz to wipe out and going to the uh, pilots meeting and, and Christopher Sean met him as well wonderful wonderful person um, he just put so much it, you can tell he put so much physicality into a voice role of that <laughs> here he is face down on the slick floor um, and, you know, getting that across the way he, he spoke his lines. So, you know, besides the curse, we find out the, the kind of the plot of the episode is the Colossus, um, you know, to speed things along, is they used to travel through an asteroid field, which is in Guavian Death Gang territory. So this is our, you know, other than the way they were menacing in the first season and in The Force Awakens, this is our first clue as to, you know, 
Now they actually have territory and it's not just, you know, kind of like the pirates, not like a gang and just one, like one massive ship. No, they actually have this portion of space that's theirs. And as we find out, they have their own ships. So, um, yeah, as limited time as we've had with them, it uh, does make them more formidable as a, as a group. Uh, so I like that. So it's, you know, kind of straightforward to get the Colossus safely through the asteroid field. The aces will need to um, help get some asteroids out of the way. Uh, which leads to just some beautiful animation with them um, flying through, uh, past the asteroids and uh, the turrets on the Colossus blasting some asteroids out of the way. Um, Amy Beth Christensen and her uh, team have always done an amazing job with the animation and the just the beauty of the uh, colors and everything, you know, Asteroid field's very gray against a black space, but, you know, the different colored ships and uh, the, fi um, the firepower, uh, it, just nice contrast. And Michael Tavera, uh, he, he's best when he does, like, flying music. And so for the Aces to be flying through the asteroid field, um, he really kicked that up. Later on in the episode, when how they're having to fight the Guavians, uh, that music was great too. Yeah, the, the show, you know, as it turns out, only went two seasons, and just so many underrated things about it. I mean, we, we love Clone Wars, we love uh, Rebels. The upcoming Bad Batch should be awesome as well, but and just the you know the the characters, the performances. The music, the animation on, on this show is um, was something to behold, and glad I'm back talking about it. Uh, the design of the Guavian ships uh, I thought was really cool. Um, you know the, how the red kind of stands out, and um, of course the fireball uh, could be the curse, could be not, but. You know, it's having its own issues and, you know, causes Kaz to lose the, lose the scout. So they, you know, they're, they're at a disadvantage now trying to finish uh, their journey through the asteroid field. Um, <laughs> the, the gag with um, how his seat's not working and, uh, presses him up against the, uh, uh, the canopy in the cockpit was pretty funny. Not something we've ever seen on a ship in Star Wars, so it was a different way to put them at a disadvantage. Um, yeah, I liked the running gag with Bolzer Gruel, who had already been to Miku Gray and uh, was worried about being killed by Gorgs, and then and just being on edge the whole episode, which is funny for a guy of his size. <laughs> He's always been a fun character. That was another strength of the show. They kept the like the little background characters, like Bolzogruel and Grevel. Um, you know, kept them there. It's one of the advantages of a series where there's kind of one setting for it. Um, 
you could have those repeating characters unlike you know clone wars where they're going planet to planet all the time and when kaz is going back to leah is trying to get him to break the curse and he double curses him i mean the animation of this bit from his hand going on kaz's face was well disgustingly beautiful i'll say that um so yeah the episode kind of speeds along i'm probably not going to take too much more time with this um because you know the guavians actually start to attack the colossus and you know the aces have to get out there again and fight them off i i, I love you know of course the colossus is is an imperial station uh, so it goes way back i love the alarm clacks and um just that recognizable sound uh, that they brought back. And, um, you know, one of the strengths of this episode was the Guavians present a challenge other than the First Order. You know, like I said, you know, this makes two episodes in a row where, you know, they're not fighting the First Order. There's other opportunities and challenges out there in this part of the galaxy. Um, so I thought they kept it fresh rather than just having to escape from the first order yet again. And even the the end resolution where they just need to fight off the Guavians long enough to get out of the asteroid field. It's not, oh, the shields went down again and we got to get them back up or the you know hyperdrive's not working. It's just a matter of physically getting out of a space where you can't jump to hyperspace. Um, so, you know, that was... Um, kind of a fresh idea so yeah just a neat little um, battle scene between the aces and the guavians and yeah they had to take out a few ships but it was also a neat dynamic where you know they're with the first order they're more aggressive they're trying to like shoot them all down but with the guavians it's just like let's get out of here and you know, it causes minimal damage as we can. You know, I did like the, once they're in hyperspace, the effect of uh, the hangar doors closing as you see the swirl of hyperspace out to, out to the side. And, uh, you know, wraps up uh, the whole, uh, kind of glossed over, but the whole thing with uh, Kaz thinking the uh, curse is broken is because he has the uh, talisman that he got from Mika. Um, you know, again, she has that history with relics, so that may have meant something. Maybe it it didn't, but <clears throat> she was trying to help Kaz, so you know she did a good job with that. And I liked right at the end when, you know, of course Kaz uses the. Uh, artifact to his advantage when he um, makes Leos and Greville think they're cursed. And, you know, as Mika points out, uh, you know, they're a superstitious lot. Uh, which I wonder, it made me wonder if that's an homage to Batman. Because, you know, that's like an early uh, comics. That's what 
you know, he, that's why he became Batman and took the the costume and the persona. Yeah, what was it? Uh, criminals are a cowardly, superstitious lot. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the episode. Um, didn't go into too much detail, but, uh, you know, it's a fun, um, fun episode. We, you know, we have the pirates who have always liked. Um, again, great to have Steve Bloom back on the show in the guest spot. Um, I would love more of Mika Gray. Um, you know, the, um, the name of the episode escapes me, but um, when we first are introduced to her at the Sith Temple and she's um, hunting for relics, you know, given the age of the character, you know, could we see her maybe in live action as a younger woman in The Mandalorian? I would definitely love to see her in some other, me um, you know, some other point, uh, regardless of the media, whether it's comic books or you know, maybe in a novel. Uh, just fascinating character, who was you know who's utilized well here, given what was going on. And great space battle. Um, yeah, just another, another fun episode of the show. Um, but that's about all I have to say about it. Um, but I'm going to continue. I will have um, the next uh, review up. Uh, hopefully within a week or so, I'm kind of interspersing these with my reviews of the High Republic uh, books and comics. Um, so, the next episode is Station to Station, which I'll have a lot about to say about that. Um, but without giving anything away, it ties in with an interview I did about a year ago with Bobby Moynihan, who plays Orca on the show, and of course is from Saturday Night Live. Um, so, uh, if you haven't ever seen the undercover boss, Starkiller base sketch with Adam driver, uh, it may be worth your time to check that out before, um, I do the station to station review next week. Um, keep an eye, uh, keep listening out for that. Um, also my next high Republic review will be a test of courage by Justina Ireland. Um, uh, it's a. Uh, middle grade book, so uh, it'd be kind of a lighthearted review of that one. Uh, so plenty more, plenty more to come. Uh, and then we'll, by the summer, we'll have the Bad Batch to review. Um, but it's great to be back in with Resistance. Uh, thank you for listening to this. I uh, hope you've, um, you know, whether you're a longtime fan or uh, just discovering Resistance. Hope you're enjoying it as much as I have. Um, but you can follow uh, the show on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. And you can find all the Radio Dakar episodes, all the previous resistance reviews, uh, interviews, everything else on most major podcast platforms. Um, Anchor, uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, Overcast. Uh, but until the next episode... Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.